Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCartney, founder of plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, welcome back to another edition of The Plotting Shed. You're listening to me, Rachel McCartain, and... And me, Helen. I hope you've all had a really lovely week. Well, I have to actually apologise this week that we thought that we were going to Chelsea Flower Show on press day, which we thought we'd all got arranged, but unfortunately the RHS have got restrictions on the number of journalists that are attending on press day and they said that they didn't want the whole thing to be too crowded for people coming in so we were unauthorised. I can understand with Covid restrictions so they just wanted to keep press day with as few people as possible with everyone else there until the public came in obviously the next day and were allowed in in their droves but anyway we're hoping May next year when Chelsea's back on again they will have unrestricted all of the Covid restrictions and they will allow us in and we can go in on press day and we can show you everything so we really 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 wanted to go and see um, some of the new ideas that the RHS had put in this year about balcony gardens and container gardens but what we'll do is next week having looked at all of those and seen all the imagery and everything that they've got then we will we'll put the plotting shed take on what we think of how the RHS and Chelsea have delivered garden experience to you the garden owners and for everyone who wants a lovely garden but doesn't know quite how to get it have they have they hit the nail on the head so apologies that we weren't there in person this year but we will be hopefully later on but what we thought we would do was take them from what we were talking about last week where we weren't the age about deconstructing your garden and we came up with this idea of the garden liberation front that we, sorry, that we thought, but it kind of encapsulates what we're trying to do. We want you to be, to have the those restrictions of what you think gardening convention are taken from you so that you can actually garden in the way that you want to and have a garden and create a garden that works for you. So we thought we'd have a bit of a garden liberation front moment and look at how and why garden centres and flower shows don't really help you much. Are we on a, on a revolution or an evolution or are we on a crusade? I think um, a little minor gardening green revolution, I think, is, would, would be better. This is, good. this is a feel-good revolution. One of my big beefs and one of Helen's big beefs is how plants and horticultural stuff is delivered and, and, and sold to you. Because we don't think they actually do it for the benefit of you. We kind of think that the industry sort of does it for the benefit of itself. Do you know one of the best retail providers of consumer experience that's grown globally over the last decade or so is, is IKEA, isn't it? 
Oh, absolutely. Everybody knows about IKEA. IKEA have, have, have just got the customer experience nailed right down. They understood very early on that if you show people what to do, they do more. They spend more. But more importantly, they come back time and time again for more because they enjoyed the experience. I think, and Helen thinks, that horticulture still has not understood this concept. And what they do, it's a supplier-driven industry and it doesn't help you, it doesn't help you garden. And more importantly, and this is me on my soapbox, is it sets you up to fail or think that you are failing. I think it's a bit like a supermarket model where you're persuaded, you know, for special offers and buy one, get one free and all kinds of other things, you get seduced to the unhealthy options, actually. Uh, and the unhealthy options are sort of pushed in front of you because they want, want you to buy them because that serves their supply chain and so on and so forth. And it, it make it very difficult for you to do the right thing. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you go into a garden centre there that they want you to buy the plants that's how they make the money they're they're a business and there's nothing wrong with that but it's not what they're selling it's the way that they're selling what they're selling that we both have a, a beef of because what's your experience i mean if you knew nothing about plants helen and you were going in to try it's your first ever garden you walked into a garden centre what what would you be attracted to? Oh, it's completely overwhelming. If I was a novice, and that, that's hard because I've been gardening for since I was six years of age, you know, massive for me. So if you're trying to imagine what it'd be like as a novice, I'd be completely overwhelmed because I'm overwhelmed now with all that I know. And even though I'm on a mission because I know what I want from my garden, it's still really, really difficult. So why is it difficult? What would make it difficult? Because the way things are laid out and displayed offer exactly what you've just said. It's serving their purposes, not mine. Things are in alphabetical orders that's of no use to me whatsoever you see of even less use if I'm a complete novice because it's no good for me knowing all the plants that begin with a so I need them put together in some meaningful way there'll be two or three enormous display stands packed with maybe in the spring daffodil bulbs in pots it's all done for you all you've got to do is take it home and plonk it on the patio everything's done it it really does scream buy me now here's an offer two for one three for two and it gets you buying but the problem with all of that is is that you stop thinking why you're buying something yeah i mean if you've looked if, um, going back to our previous podcast if, if we've got you to get as far of deconstructing your garden and understanding it what you want and you're really now starting to formulate your ideas you go to implement it and you're right back to where you were before because you're being seduced by uh, a marketing and sales model that's not around you as an individual and what you want from your garden and how you feel. You're going to be seduced into buying something big and blousy that they've got to shift because they've spent the last growing season growing it. Yeah, and, that, and that's fine. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to give you a protection mechanism so that you buy what you know you need now there's nothing wrong with the odd impulse purchase my goodness i always do that i walk into tesco's and i always come out with something i hadn't intended to buy but one of the things that the way that garden centers operate now is because they have this instant garden approach you can go in and buy a pot and it's already pre-planted and it's it's in beautiful color and everything else 
The problem is it sets you up to fail. It sets you up to think that you're not as good a gardener as actually you are. And this is why. Gardener centres use nurseries to grow plants. Their business model is to sell you plants. So the way that they sell you plants is they make those plants as attractive as possible. So at the point of sale, these plants are looking their absolute best. Now, if something is at its peak level of performance when you buy it, just like a sprinter who's trained four years for the Olympics, you ask them two months later to go and sprint the way that they did back at the Olympics and they can't. The only way is downhill after that. The plant has been grown in perfect conditions, perfect environment, perfect resources. It's had perfect amounts of food. It's had perfect amounts of light and water. In fact, it's been pampered and preened so that when you go into the garden centre, it looks amazing. And they do. They have these wonderful displays, don't they, Helen? Mm. And they're really, really tempting. If you were in some really expensive spa and you're lying there by the pool and there's the waiter coming around giving you your cocktail martini and you've got your nice Nicoise Waldorf salad being delivered to you whenever you want and somebody's there wafting scents over you or maybe uh, massaging, you know, you feel great, don't you? Now, what would happen if somebody just walked in, blew a whistle and said, oi, up you get over there right you're now in the outdoor lido over there no no no. we haven't got any sunbeds no there's a towel go over there and go and lie down and do the same thing you're gonna be a bit grumpy and you're not you might be a bit kind of fed up well the plants do the same thing they've just been hoiked out of this beautiful perfect environment and plonked where you have and being possibly not the best gardener you might have forgotten to water them once or twice and so these things flop and they drop their leaves and they drop their flowers and all of a sudden this beautiful pot display you spent how much on isn't anything. But it's not your fault. Yeah, I, I do this all the time, even though I should know better. So we shouldn't feel guilty about doing this. We all do it, a bit like Rachel, you were saying, you, you go into a supermarket and you buy stuff you shouldn't because it was on offer or it, you know, it's a bit tempting. And And, and it's not even as obvious as a hot house flowered which cannot possibly survive in a more challenging environment even if you exercise all the tlc you're supposed to it's because your back garden doesn't happen to be a hot house perfect environment it never could be firstly that's the reason not to feel guilty but you know i've done it where i've i've bought something that's the wrong ph that that plant is not going to look like that in my garden i do it with hydrangeas i keep doing it i keep repeating this mistake when will i learn and, you know, it's just not going to look like that. And I, unless I give it its special feed. So I'm on that treadmill. I'm on that hamster wheel, again, of buying things that involve work for me. I can't just put it in the ground and have it survive in the environment that it's, is appropriate for that plant. I've made work for myself. This is the Garden Liberation Front here talking. All right. This is what we want you to do instead because always saying when you're going to a garden center you need to have a plan and you remember last week we were talking about the garden is only fit for purpose if it makes you feel something so what you need to do before you go to a garden center is work out what you want to feel 
you also might need to work out a job description for a plant. Absolutely brilliant. I love that. Job description for a plant. Perfect. So you have, right, in a, a corner of the garden, <laughs> it's a slightly dingy spot. It gets a bit of rain, you know, a bit of wind blowing it. So you need a plant that's going to be sturdy, upright. You might want it to be slightly brighter coloured leaves because it's a bit of a dingy corner. And it, you might want it to not get to a certain height. Corner. Got to like shade. You have a purpose to go to the garden centre. You're armed Garden Liberation Front. Yep. So now when you're walking down the aisles, going from A to B to C to D. That's your mission. Know what you're looking for. You can bypass all that seductive, gorgeous, glamorous, blousy stuff and go for the thing that is actually going to look like the thing you've bought in a year's time or even six months time. But it, what it means is, and I know it, it may sound that we're um, criticising garden centres and flower shows for seducing you to buy plants, and, we, and we're not. But what we are trying to get you to think about is that Right now, with everything that's going on in the world, we have to change the way that we garden because if you buy plants that die three months later, we've wasted resources. We've wasted your time. We've wasted your money. You've wasted the resources that that plant had to grow. And I personally think that the best gardeners are the ones who create a garden that is more happy looking after itself that delivers what you need it to do but because it looks after itself you've got time to enjoy what you're doing in the garden and a lot of the supermarket selling model the flower show is about consumerism absolutely things that are going to last uh, and are not here today and gone tomorrow uh, things that don't create pollution and waste and problems in their wake, like endless flower pots that still don't get recycled. They still don't get recycled. But there are companies now that are starting to try uh, and, and yeah. tackle that. Finally. We, yeah, which we will talk about in a podcast in a few weeks. But on our Garden Liberation Front soapbox that we're standing on, hashtag It's My Garden. We want to have a hashtag it's my garden revolution so that you can put on your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, put on your blogs, your website, whatever it is. Just text your friends and go hashtag it's my garden and send them a picture of the thing that really makes your garden special for you. Because if we can get the industry to begin to buy into the idea that it's not their gardens, it's your gardens. And the best thing they can do is make your gardens better rather than tell you what they want to sell you. It's about you being in control and not being controlled. What we want is a new generation of unconstrained, liberated gardeners, confident in their own decisions. So next time, they were not at Chelsea because of COVID. Yeah, sadly. Um, we what we will do is uh, give you our plotting shed take on how some of the fabulous bits which are bound to uh, impress and stun you how that actually might work for you so we will see you next time so it's bye from me and bye from me 
Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com, or you visit the website with loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice, along with planting plans that you can download. You can look at the designs that we've created. So do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. You can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your garden. Take care and stay well.